0: Hello and welcome to episode twenty-eight of the Long Shot Podcast, brought to you by Three Four Two Productions. I'm your host, as always, Duncan Robinson, here with my good friend and co-host Davis Reed, who's fresh off a of honeymoon. Davis, you look rejuvenated. I'll tell you what, I got a little glow to me. The burn
1: to tan. It was a uh, day one was so sunburnt that I could not be in the sun for the next like three to four days. But luckily, we had a full week. So, I had some time to recover
0: i've I've talked about you at length as a friend, obviously you're a great friend, but I want to talk to talk about you a little bit as a coworker out oh here. so I hit up Davis about halfway through his honeymoon uh, at this point he's told his now wife that he was going to you know have his phone off, and there was going to be no communication yes um, of course, I'm incapable of doing that, and I reach out to him, I say, "Hey, I have this crazy idea. Why don't you?" redirect your flight home to kansas city to las vegas and just like that three days later here you are boots on the ground in the sin city and we're just lining up episodes lining up interviews and we're having a great time your beloved fiance sorry yeah. Wife, Come on Yeah, I got to get used to that. Casey is, uh, was not dragged because she came willingly, yeah. but is now here also in Las Vegas. Yes. And I kind of viewed it as just kind of like a, a tag on to the end of your honeymoon. Yeah. Well, look,
1: selling me on Summer League in Vegas isn't that difficult. And this feels like an opportunity to shout out Southwest Airlines because it was very easy to redirect my trip from San Jose del Cabo uh, to... Las Vegas
0: instead of Kansas City. You bring up Southwest. I, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't gonna do this. I really wasn't gonna do it because I wanted to move forward. I, I didn't want to put negative energy out there about American Airlines. I'd done it before. Oh no. I didn't I didn't want to do it again. I really didn't want to. But you talk about the customer service of Southwest, you talk about the convenience of Southwest, and I had an experience within the last week. That with American Airlines, mind you, that if I said it was disappointing, that would be a severe undersell of what it actually was. I'll paint a little picture for you. Not that you asked, I did not. Not ask. that anybody asked. First and foremost, I, I want to address. It's really great that American Airlines no longer sponsors our arena. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we've moved on. We're now FTX Arena, which is great. Uh, love FTX crypto. You know, digital assets are the are the, <laughs> are the the currency of the future, if you will. But back to American Airlines. I had an incredible moment on Friday. My agent, uh, Jason Gluchon, surprised me with my entire family, minus my, my brother, uh, who regrettably could not be there, in Miami for my signing, for the signing of my contract. I worked out in the morning. I go upstairs. I think I'm just going up to sign a piece of paper. Uh, I promise I'm getting to the American Airlines. I think I'm just going up to sign a piece of paper. And there they are. Everyone's there. I'm not an overly emotional person. I could not speak. I was like at a loss for words, fighting back, you know, whatever, tears or, you know, whatever you want to call oh, it. Let him go. It was it was special. It, truly, it was special. You know, I, I kind of said this to, to them, and I guess I'll say it to everybody who's listening. No, no such thing as privacy anymore. You know, for so many people, that moment was just a signing and kind of the, the culmination of my professional career. Not culmination, but but the work that I put in coming together. For them, they're the obviously the few people in my life, obviously have been there since the very beginning, but have seen everything. The ups, the downs, trials, tribulations, you know, and the amount that they all collectively had sacrificed for me to be in the situation that I'm in is honestly astounding looking back uh, my mom, dad, even you know my sister as well and my brother both you know flying across the country to support me be at my games driving driving all over New England to go to you know some prep school game where I don't even check in and, and be in there with a smile on uh, afterwards. just incredible. I'm now going to change the pace because I'm going to get back to American Airlines. <laughs> Wait, let, that's just, what a great moment. Let's just take that in for a second. Yeah, that, it, it, was, it was really, really special. All right, now to American Airlines. Yeah, so anyways, I had this incredible day. It's unbelievable. I'm set to fly out that night. I'm going to go to Indianapolis, uh, visit a couple of friends, uh, work out a little bit before I head to Las Vegas on Sunday. So Friday night, I'm supposed to fly out. I have a 9.05 departure on an American Airlines flight from Miami to Indianapolis. I get there about 70 minutes early, uh, you know, go through my, my process, whatever it is, check my bag, make it through. I'm sitting there, and they delay the flight. Perfectly reasonable. Understand. I've been, I've been on many flights that have been delayed. it's OK. They say it's going to be just 30minute delay. What they say the delay is, is that there is a valve that's not working. And the valve is required for when you travel into uh, below-freezing climates (laughs) that uh, it helps de-ice the plane in the air. So, mind you, we're going to Indianapolis in in the middle of of August or the beginning of August. We're not going into a freezing climate, but they're adamant that we can't fly. Fine. I'm not a a professional uh, plane consultant or mechanic or whatever you want to call it. That's you know above my pay grade. They continue to push it. They delay it three hours. I'm still in the airport. After hour three of the delay, we're about getting ready to board, and they cancel the flight. Yikes! And they say, and I I understand that this is actually a thing that the crew was uh, past like duration or whatever it is. I don't know. Like that, the the crew couldn't work longer. Like they finished their shift. You don't want a tired pilot. Yeah, fair enough. My problem was is that why do you make us sit there for three hours? Why don't after hour two... Just say, you know what? It's looking like we're not going to make it happen. Go home. After hour one, would have been great. I would have been fine. So anyways, they move it to the next morning. I get to the airport the next morning. My flight's delayed again (laughs) the next morning. And it's not like they flew us out at 6 a.m. They flew us out at 10. I don't even get wheels off the ground in Miami till 11. Anyways, it was such a special day on Friday that I didn't let it like totally kill my (laughs) mood. But now that I'm talking about it again, I'm getting all worked up. It seems like maybe it kills your mood a little bit. But it didn't thing. really. I was on such a high. It was It was, It was. was good. But I, I am disappointed in American Airlines. I, I want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you expect? I mean, they're trying to fix a
1: problem to fly you safely to your I location. I mean, what I do you know. want from them?
0: It's It's a little bit unfair of me to pick on them. I, <laughs> I think so. But I've been on planes quite frequently in the last month and a half. And maybe this is, this is karma. That's actually what you said when I told you that I did. it was delayed. That... Every time I'm on an American Airlines flight, something happens. Yeah. When it's enough. the other one, nothing happens. You've publicly shamed them, so maybe you deserve it. Maybe I do. Sorry, American Airlines, but I'm, I'm just Hey, Southwest, I'm yeah.
1: we love you. All right. right. Hey, my flight in Mexico was delayed on my way here. Uh, I was going to miss my connection going through Phoenix. What did Southwest do? No questions asked. They put me on a different flight got me here that night. That flight actually also ended up being delayed, but the the flight we were on the tarmac, flight was delayed and the flight attendant comes on, the sweetest woman. She's like, "Guys, I know no one wants to be doing this. We just want to get you there safely. If anyone needs water, snacks, anything, I'm only a human, but let me know and I'll do whatever I can." So, so Southwest. a nice sentiment. Thank you.
0: Uh, anyways, this is beginning to sound like a travel podcast. Yeah, maybe it <laughs> um, is. we'll we'll bring it back to to basketball. We're here in Las Vegas. Uh, we're taking in some summer league action. We have an incredible episode for yes. you, uh, Udonis Haslam. This is legitimately this is the most fun I've had since I've done this podcast. Yep. Just listening to him go all things basketball, business, uh, and you know, of course, with. Uh, with UD, you're always going to get your fair share of, uh, expletives yeah, as well. This
1: one was a long time coming. Also,
0: these podcasts in person are just so much
1: better. So much better. I know we've said that already. Yeah. Uh, like you said, we are here in summer league. Do you walk around this place with a little bit different swagger to you now? You know, you used to be, uh, the unknown name here at summer league things. Have, I gotta say, I haven't been with you. Much. We have only been here for a day, but it seems
0: like you got a little different energy to you. Maybe a, a little bit. I, I, a strategic move and what I do is I I always surround myself with Tyler Hero Ah. because uh, if I'm with Tyler he's always going to get recognized (laughs) first and that's going to be the person that they're really excited about Smart. and at the very most I'm like a throw in like oh and can I also maybe get a picture with you and I'm like yeah of course I'd love to but more often than not, they're just so overwhelmed by the fact that they met Tyler right. that I just kind of you know yeah. slide, slide by on the wayside. I mean, he has a he has a song made after. He him, does. So.
1: I, there have been times that I've been with you and people will come ask you for a picture and then they'll go, "So what's
0: Tyler like?" Yeah, at that. I house? mean, I still to this day I get a lot of, "Are you Tyler Hero?" Because you know I, I don't really think we look alike, but I don't know. I guess they confuse the white guys on the heat. I don't know. That seems like a pretty logical. Uh, explanation for what's going on there yeah <laughs> anyways it's it's nice to be here a lot of fond memories here uh, in Las Vegas particularly um, with Summer League actually I've never really been here outside of Summer League I came here for the G League uh, Invitational or whatever that tournament is that's not what it's called but it's it's something like that yeah. G League Showcase that is what it's called but yeah so it's 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 nice to be back I love Miami Heat the Miami group that they're rolling out for Summer League this year just just I think there's only one drafted guy, a bunch of guys that just play with a chip. They just had an unbelievable victory uh, over a a tough Memphis team. So that
1: was fun. There's an amazing audio clip that was circling around uh, social media of Max Struess. He brings the guys in in a huddle and he goes, Look over there. What do you see? I see a bunch of drafted guys. You know, let's yeah. go show them why we should have been drafted. Amazing. It just, you know, not only is it the long
0: shot mentality here, just oozes channeling. heat culture. It's just you know? seeping out. Oozes. Of there. I think I commented on that. Inject that into my veins. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I like that. Because that's just like the lifeblood of the Miami Heat. I uh, say, I'm saying that like somewhat sarcastically, but it's absolutely true. I have a question for you. So, Now that you are no longer playing in the summer
1: league, like you said, this is, I think, your first time here as a non-player or a a, a not-active player in the summer league. Yeah, you There's like this whole culture in the NBA, it seems, of the the stars sitting courtside. You know, they got their fits. Bam has leaned completely into that by showing up with his gold medal.
0: I mean, you want to talk about a power move. (laughs) Fresh off a flight from Tokyo, just – not not wearing it around no. your neck, but just letting it dangle mm-hmm. in your hand. A gold medal, just just you know, perusing the baseline on the bench with a gold medal in hand. Everyone's trying to get a touch on it. That is as much of a power move as I think there could possibly be. Did you ever have the phase in high school when you
1: wore you like you just turned sixteen? You get to drive now. You wear your keychain around your neck, or you put it in your pocket. You let you let the keychain part hang out of your pocket so people know you can drive. That was, might be a a Kansas thing. Oh, <laughs> let me tell you, you want to be a cool kid in high school in Kansas, you show that you got a keychain. It's part really of your awesome. personality. I got those vibes from Bam. It was just like it was just letting people know, just a friendly reminder.
0: I think that's borderline disrespectful to an Olympic gold medalist. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> you don't know what it's like to drive to, to in turn Kansas around state. and compare his incredible accomplishment to passing your driver's test in hey, the state of Kansas it's a big deal uh, I've been to Kansas a couple times this isn't a slight at them but I just don't imagine they have the most you know, stringent
1: uh, <laughs> speak for yourself
0: buddy driving school or whatever you want to call it
1: well here's my question for you what do you think you could do that would one up that like it seems like Bam has solidified himself as like the guy for Heat Courtside Summer League but I think you need to enter your name in the ring I don't I don't think there's
0: anything I could I could possibly do. Come on.
1: I'm talking like throwing a crazy fit. Maybe show up. That's with, not
0: my lane, though. Like you got to, you still got to be true to who you are. Like if I just started doing some like obnoxious stuff, I don't like that. It. was just not true to who I who I was. I I'm actually very comfortable just giving Bam that crown. I think Fine. he deserves it. I guess he so. represented our country country masterfully and brought home gold medal, which is it's, you know, what it's all deal. about. All right, congrats. Um, on. all right, let's let's get to the Reddit question of the week because we got a a heck of a an interview coming up here. Yeah, let's do it. This week we got. Akai
1: Suichi, you want to take a shot at that pronunciation? Suichi. Akai Suichi. They they ask, when did you start watching the NBA? In your opinion, who's your goat, and who's your personal top five all time? So this isn't. I don't want like your who's your who the greatest players are in your opinion. I want your personal goat and who your top five is. Just think back to you know i'm not gonna go I'm, I'm not gonna
0: go top five like who the best players are i'm gonna go top five like what holds sentimental value it's to exactly me what i want growing. yes Perfect. um do you want me to just rattle off my and when or you, you wanna, started
1: seriously watching the nba or you want to go
0: you want to go shot for shot here let's go you first all right yeah i got alan iverson i got steve nash nick van axel whoa legendary okay uh why nick, I, I originally a became a nick van axel fan because i was playing nba live uh 2003 and he was absolutely torching me nice uh, what i would always do is like uh i would guard the point guard and just spam the steal button in the backcourt and just try to get steals <laughs> and he would he had like a tight handle so he just like cross cross and he would come up and just shoot the top of the key three so then i realized like wow, I should be playing as this guy. So he was my go-to player in in NBA Live 03. Love that. Uh, Nick Van Exel, Antoine Walker, the Antoine Shimmy growing up in the the Boston area. Uh, That was a classic. And I'm going to round it out with uh, Dirk. Dirk I, I just loved his you know the, the
2: shout co- out Jason yeah
0: shout out to Jason also since we, we brought up Jason I mentioned you as a great co-worker Jason also yeah hopped on a flight in very short notice that's just it's, it's high level got the whole crew here is what it is and if you're noticing if you're watching on YouTube why the production value <laughs> is so much higher on this week's episode it has nothing to do with Davis and I zero percent. literally nothing uh, this how about this little long shot thing in the back it's pretty fancy yeah hey, come on man. Um Anyways, yeah, Dirk is is rounding out my top five. Okay, that's five. There were three questions. You just answered
1: one of them. So there's your top five. Uh, When did you start watching the NBA?
0: Let's let's go seriously. I started watching probably like late, probably like middle school, Mm. probably like 6th, 7th, 8th grade. That seemed Um, right. You know, I was like, I would watch games occasionally with my dad, maybe when I was younger. But uh, 6th, 7th, and 8th is when I really started to like actually experience fandom. Which is which makes is sense. special? Yeah, that makes sense. And then
1: your personal goat, not who you think is the greatest player of all time, but just a favorite of yours. Mm. Can I pick from my my list? I mean, I guess it would make sense to, but you don't have. to. I'm going
0: to take a AI Allen Iverson. Yeah, that seems like a cool. I mean, he was like iconic. He was a cultural icon to to make a you know whatever tiny white kid from you know suburban New Hampshire you know, wear finger sleeves yes. and shooting sleeves and headbands and all sorts of stuff. This in retrospect is maybe
1: problematic, but I think as a kid, I wanted like cornrows. I used to, I took my baseball socks mm-hmm. and I cut uh, the bottoms off. So it was an arm sleeve. Wow. I'm, same as you. I wore the finger sleeves, like homemade finger sleeves. I wanted to be AI.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's truly one of one. Yeah. Uh, anyways, are you answering yours or no? Yeah, I'll I'll go quick cuz I, I don't know who cares. But I started from, I started
1: watching the NBA. Actually in college is when I first started seriously watching the NBA. Growing up in Kansas, KU basketball is like religion. Both my parents went to KU. So growing up as a kid, it was more college basketball for me than the NBA. But then when you get to that age and you've played against that you know, some of those guys, it's like it just isn't as cool to root for it when you're yeah. you're like now cheering for guys who are younger than you. It's just yeah. it's weird and better than you. It's yeah. just it's weird.
0: That happened to me in, in college when it was like I, I can't like root for an NBA team anymore. Like Especially when I was like a twenty four three year old senior. It's like yeah. those guys are substantially younger than I am. Correct. I, I
1: remember going to watch you actually play in L.A., uh, the Lakers, and there was a point in the game – where I was there with a buddy who's my age, and we we counted nine of the ten guys on the court were younger than us yeah and we were like twenty five it's like yeah uh, you know. anyway um so seriously started watching in high school or college my top five AI has to be in there as well
0: okay Steve I mean, Nash
1: you lose points for lack of originality but but continue Daniel Gibson booby Gibson that's a great one come on yeah I I don't know if it was Texas that did it because, like I said, he I had was more of a college. But Daniel Gibson had a great I was run. a big Booby Gibson guy. Steve Francis. I used to have a the Steve franchise. Francis card with a little – you know how they did the cards with a little piece of the jersey? Yep. Had one of those framed on my wall. Big Steve Francis guy. And then I got to go Steph. I mean, that kind of feels like an alley-oop, but Steph I don't like,
0: love it, but I'll allow it. All right. Let's, let's push forward here. Long shot feature. We got Jayla Jackson and Amani Stanton two teenagers from Atlanta who made history by becoming the first black female partners to win Harvard's international debate competition. Not only did they win, but they went undefeated in the competition. Undefeated. So shout out to Jayla and Imani Stanton. I wish I would have done debate in growing up, like middle school or high school. I think it's a very valuable skill.
1: Yeah, I don't I how know how to argue. I don't
0: know if that's like totally your, you're a pretty non confrontational human being. I, exactly. Oh, oh, so you I think it, it would have like harvested something and you? I think you. so. Yeah. It would have grown. And
1: you learn how to argue both sides of, a, which I'm really good at actually because I'm so indecisive. Yeah. I can I, see both sides yeah. of everything. But I think it would have been a really good skill to hone. But shout out to them. That's amazing.
0: You're you're making our long shot feature now about you, which is just inherently selfish (laughs) and and somewhat on brand, let me tell you. The point Uh, here. here. dude, you just had a wedding, you just had a bachelor party, and you just had a honeymoon. Like, can we not talk about Davis for a little bit? I could not agree Uh, more. Anyways, speaking of not talking about Davis, let's get to you, Donis. You guys are really going to enjoy this one. He is uh, truly Miami Heat legend, and he's coming back for another year. The news, actually, funny story, the news broke mid-interview. But yeah. we all turn our phones off <laughs> during the interview. Obviously, he knew he was coming back, didn't <laughs> want to say anything, or didn't want to break it on the pod, whatever. <laughs> uh, but I, we had no idea. I had a hunch that it was probably gonna happen, but it uh, it actually broke mid-interview, which is kind of special. Amazing. Also, my favorite interview we've done. I'm gonna make this about me again. All right, there you uh, go. My favorite
1: interview we've done so far. Uh, all right. Here's you, Donis.
0: Hello and welcome back into the Long Shot Podcast here with Miami legend, the OG, and a a great mentor of mine, Udonis
2: Haslam. Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. Long Shot. Long time, about time, don't, goddamn. I appreciate y'all, man, it's, it's about time. We just we just covered this before we started rolling, but uh, Davis
0: and I, when we originally came up with the concept for the show, you were one of the first people. The first, like up the, the first. Very top tier that okay. we wanted to interview. Okay. Now, what happened was we had a pandemic, so we had a lot of Zoom interviews. Now I wanted to save this one for us to all get in person because I knew that the dialogue, the back and forth, the banter, if you will, would be top tier. So yeah. that's shit, why we waited.
2: The, the shit talk would be top exactly. tier. Exactly. But, <laughs> but, but, but you never got back to me. I had to come to you. And that's where that's That there lies where the problem is, though. <laughs> that there lies where the problem is. That I had to come to you. That I had to find out about Longshot through Instagram. Yeah. That there in lies an the issue. problem, Duncan. That's an issue. I'll
0: say this. So I saw Ud D, on, on Friday. I went down to Miami to sign. And he congratulated, obviously. And then the first thing he said was, when the fuck am I coming on your podcast?
2: Because it's about to get violent now. You start to see and a lot of should. people on the podcast that don't practice with your ass every day. Don't rebound for your ass every day. Don't set screens for your ass every day. Yeah. And damn, show sure wasn't undrafted. and came from the mud like us. Uh, 100% now, sure. you understand my where I feel the way I feel. Hey, I, I told you. Thank you. No, you you epitomize. You know, a long shot story
0: in so many ways. Uh, I'm sorry if it came across as disrespect. Yeah, with you, man. I love this <laughs> man. He's my
2: favorite player. I like to fuck with him, but I'm, I'm happy to be here. I it, promise man. you, it was, it was nothing
0: but it. that. Uh, you talk about getting out the mud. Mm-hmm. We're out here at Summer League. There's mm-hmm. a lot of undrafted guys mm-hmm. trying to find their way. Can you just talk a little bit about your early Summer League days? I know it looked a lot different mm-hmm. back then, um, but what it was like early on, you know, trying to scratch,
2: claw, and make a team? I mean, initially for me, so. Um, I played summer league with the Heat yeah. first. I um, had a great summer league. This was, this was right out of Florida? Well, no, right out of Florida. Actually, the first, the very first camp that I had was with the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. I was the last cut of the Atlanta Hawks. I actually spent the whole summer in Atlanta. I had a great summer with those guys, but it came down to do we want a young guy? Do we want a veteran? Yeah. They went with the veteran. My very next year, had a great season overseas, came back, I played with the Miami Heat, and I played with the San Antonio Spurs. Now we facing with another dilemma. Do we want a young guy or do we want a veteran? I'll eliminate all that. I'll kill all your veterans. <laughs> and that way, there's nobody left but me. And now you can't. Now i will make it easy for you. Like, it was literally like loose balls with, like, different players, veteran guys. They know who they are. I'm sure you're probably still mad at me. It wasn't personal. I was knocking motherfuckers out. <laughs> Simple as that. So, it's me and you in the room, and I'm coming out.
0: I love that. I love that. There's a legendary story of, I think it was at a heat training camp and you were going to go to
2: San Antonio. Is yeah. that right? Yeah.
0: And yeah. basically, you did exactly that in the heat training camp. They, yeah. They've told
2: us these It stories. was a rebound that rolled to the half. It was it was a shot. We were in the drill. Shot went up. The ball, you know, one of those long shots. You don't miss long. Your shit either go in or rim around. You don't have to worry about your shit bouncing to half court. Probably was Dwayne or somebody who shot that bullshit. But I had to chase the shit to half court. And uh, when I turned, when I grabbed the ball and I turned around, it was like nobody was behind me. Like, it was like everybody was watching me. And Pat looked at me and was like, why didn't you stop? You know, no whistle. And it was just as simple as that. And then Pat called me in his office that, that night, and he was like, you know, you, you're going to make the team. Um, but I still had to go to San Antonio. I still had to play. I still had to weigh my options. Um, the Heat offered me a one-year deal at that time. Um, I think it was like half partially guaranteed. I played with San Antonio. They offered me a, a full guaranteed deal. And then that's when the Heat came back and offered me a two-year deal. You know how I go. They only want you when somebody else wants you. Yeah. That's- Not the game goes. It's interesting you're talking about how back then it was. Do we
1: keep the old guy or do we take the young guy? Yeah, it feels like in today's NBA, it's always let's take the young guy.
2: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. I mean, back then it was it was they were taking the veterans, yeah. so it definitely has switched. Um, but I think for me, I think there is a need for older guys and veteran leadership in this NBA. Well, the you're talent an level, of that. yeah, the talent level was unmatched. Like these guys, are, the, the talent is crazy. Like the greatest shooters that I've been around. And don't, don't, don't get too happy. I'm going to give you some credit. You don't need to do it's this greatest, just because you're on greatest, my podcast. You, you don't need to do credit. this. No, no. I'm, I tell this motherfucker. I've been around the Ray Allens. I've been around the Mike Millers. I've been around all those guys that shoot. And they shoot the shit out of the ball. But the magnitude of how he gets his shots off, the movement the handoffs, the dribbles, the back. this motherfucker burned a calorie. He burned 55 fucking calories in one time down the court. Yeah. You see that Instagram post where the guy keep running and he's fuck <laughs> this, this motherfucker just run all yeah, yeah. day. So the magnitude of how he creates his shots and gets his shots and then is able to still be on balance and make them. I've never seen a guy that's been able to do that. Yeah. And I credit him to that. Now, Motherfucker, his defense, now I get on his ass about that. Fair. Now, you know what I'm saying, there's two sides to that shit. But I'm very honest about what he does as a basketball player. Offensively, I haven't seen guy, a guy be able to get his shots off the way he gets his shots off. Yeah. And how much have you seen that grow in the three years oh, that he's been Oh, tremendously, there? tremendously. I mean, like, you know, for me, there's a method to my madness. You know what I'm saying? So I'm yelling a lot, but I'm also paying attention to everything that's going on, and I don't miss much. And just to watch his confidence grow is the thing that's been more most um, you know impressive for me. You know what I'm saying? Coming in, you don't want to step on nobody's toes. You undrafted rookie. I never had that mentality. I had the mentality with motherfucker. Once again, it's me and you in this room and I'm going to be the one come out. But I also knew that the talent that Duncan has, it just needed to be tapped into. Once again, Michigan guy, D3. I understand all that. I know what it's like. Ain't nobody never gave me shit. They still don't give me shit. And just to this point, I don't even want them to give me shit now. Like I'm just used to taking it, cracking the code, figuring it out and getting it off the muscle in the hard way.
0: I, I want to talk about Myself less. I want to talk about you more. Talk
2: about me. Yeah.
0: you. One of my favorite sayings that you always say to us is that I don't see everything but the wind in this league. Yeah. And I think it's so true in that you've been around for so long. You've played across generations. Mm -hmm. And we talk about how different Summer League was from when you started to now. What else is the biggest change that you've seen throughout your time in the league, whether it be on the court, play style, whether it be off the court, the way players are treated or whatever it might be in between?
2: Shit, the money y'all get done got down. <laughs> What's the biggest? Yeah, you go going to forget about that. Listen, you, the genera- it's generational changing money being made. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and, you know, I think from my era, you know, you, you got a rookie deal and you had another deal and... To solidify it all, you, you probably want to shoot for one more deal. Yeah. You guys go through your first deal and you can solidify it in the next right. round. Yeah. And and, and 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 you can save your body. There's so much going on out here. You can't hide information from you guys anymore. You can read. You can find anything. You, there's, no, there's no reason for you guys not to be informed about what's going on outside of the game of basketball. I took my time in the bubble to learn stocks, crypto, and whatever else I wanted to learn. You know, just reading, fucking watching CNBC. That was my daily vitamins. That's why y'all ain't see me no goddamn work. I was sitting in my room watching CBS, CNBC and reading. So there's no reason for you guys not to be able to prepare you guys for a career after basketball. Or if you only want to play fucking two contracts, save your money, and then go into a business, man, there's no reason for you guys not to be able to do that now with the money you guys are making. You don't have to play 18, 19, unless you just want to like me. I love being around and shit. I love being in shape. Miami is my home. It's my city why not still be a part of what's going on there and still be able to move the needle impact and yeah. hopefully win more championships? You uh, you do so much off the court, and you just referenced that. At what point in your career
0: did you start to really take that sort of stuff seriously? Like, was it was it just hoop up until a certain point, and then you realized, all right, I got a serious platform here. This is opening some serious doors. It was
2: about family, you know what I'm saying, when it became bigger than me, when I realized giving out money and just handing people a dollar is a cripple. It cripples yeah. them. You know, they'll be back. It doesn't help them. You know what I'm saying? So sitting around when I got hurt my very first time, I tore my third, fourth, and fifth metatarsal. It's called a Liz Frank injury or something that I was never, I'd never heard of. I wasn't aware what the hell it was. I think it was something that a lot of guys had in bike riding and different kinds of trainings like that. So that's when I started sitting around just figuring out, okay, if this game is taken away from me today, what can I do? How can I still provide for my family and generations to come after me? teeter-totter a little bit with business and say, fuck it, let me get into something that I like. Subway was my first venture. Only because everybody know, if you know about me, I was a fat-ass kid. I was chubby as shit. So all I did was try to figure out how to lose weight. Jared, at that time, was normal. He ain't normal no more. <laughs> <laughs> at that time, Jared was normal. So I was like, it, so you so lost a lot off. of weight. Let me get some sub sandwiches. Like, that's what L said. So, <laughs> that's what I, I started getting a subway. And if you notice, everything that I get into is shit that I'm personally interested in. So Starbucks, as my ass got old, I started drinking coffee in the league. Right. Fuck it. Let me. You always the got the pregame coffee. Exactly. So I got Every in the Starbucks. So everything that you see me start to get into is something that I'm generally have an interest in. Low income housing, affordable homes. is generally have an interest in. I have family and friends that could benefit from those situations. Obviously, my medical marijuana cannabis business. Obviously, that's gonna be big. You know what I'm saying? Everything. So everything that you see me in, you know what I'm saying? I don't just sit around and say, okay, let me throw a dollar hill. Or throw a dollar there The things that I Put my money in The things that I genuinely Have interest in And things that I genuinely See that can be a part Of the future I think what I did During the pandemic Is what is pandemic proof Mm. You know what I'm saying Now now let's take it What is pandemic proof Because my restaurants Damn sure weren't
0: Right It's a great restaurant
2: though No it's a great restaurant But restaurants ain't Pandemic proof But you know what is Pandemic proof Cannabis Right Yes, is sparking up. So bad, is sparking baton. up. So what's kind of you know what I'm saying? So what right. is pandemic proof? That's not just pandemic proof. That actually boosts. In the oh, pandemic, for sure, for sure, for sure. And I'm trying to get in on a little. I, well, I actually did. I got into a um, a black-owned whiskey company called Duke and Dane. What else is pandemic proof, motherfuckers? Is drinking. Yep. Is They're that drunk. Is, is that your drinking choice? Whiskey. I tried dabbling a little bit of different things, right. Duncan, but I am learning whiskey now because I'm starting to get into cigars. So when they say ah. cigars, whiskey, you try to put that together, the combination, just like they say red wine and steak. I ain't figured that combination out either. Yeah. But I'm going to try the cigars and the whiskey thing as I get a little older, get into the golf and, you know, evolve and just mature a little bit. You know what yeah. I mean? I'll tell you what, I had my first cigar
1: last week. Mm-hmm. Ever? Ever. Wow. You didn't get like a high school graduation? Cigar. No, no, no,
2: no, no. Huh? I might be a cigar guy too now. Very no. enjoyable experience. I mean, Karan Butler talks about him a lot. Um, I yeah, got he's lot always of, got him on the yeah, CB. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so I, I got a lot of buddies that are Dominican. Um, they've been deported. They can't come back. So I'm sure I can get my hand on plenty, plenty cigars if I want to. I won't to. ask any more questions. Hey, hey, man, you. listen. Shout out to my homies over there. Y'all know who y'all is. I see y'all boy So You talk about outside of basketball.
0: There's like this, this conversation that's had around you that the natural transition would be coaching. I want to ask about potential ownership. Nope. Coaching. Ownership. Yes. It's something that you've referenced before. You've yes. talked about, you've alluded to. Mm-hmm. We see D. Wade, what he's doing in Utah. Uh, you don't have to speak to anything too specific if you got, you know, anything in the no, I think in the works w- here. But but just kind of what that would mean to you to kind of approach
2: You know, that that whole world. I mean, I think for me, it would be amazing. I think, you know, uh, everybody always said, you know, he's going to be a coach. He was going to be a coach. And I never answered that question. I never said yes or no. It's because I didn't want to pigeonhole myself. Yeah. You know, for me, I've always been able to just think bigger, you know, I'm saying be bigger and understand that I have the ability to do more. Um, So, you know, as I started to think about it more and more, this is a conversation that Dwayne and I had years down the line. Um, It didn't work out this way. Um, obviously he's in ownership somewhere else and I'm proud of my brother and I'm happy for him but I still have the opportunity to do it myself and what better place to do it than in my city you know it's right. genuine you know it's real you know what I'm saying I can still move the needle around this NBA I have so many relationships with so many NBA players just because I am the OG so they value my opinion you know what I'm saying it's crazy because when I was playing and I was in competitive mode I thought these fucking guys hated me you know what I'm saying? But now that I'm not playing as much and I'm it's the OG, respect. and now it's yeah. more guys come to me and we have conversations and it's just a different level when you're not just actually competing and trying to tear your head off all the time. Yeah, I think that was on
0: full display, the respect when we were in the bubble and we had that players only meal. <laughs> and uh, there's a lack of direction, to to put it lightly. Everybody was just you know, kind of talking over everyone else, whatever. And then you, you stood up there. And there was just, like, a a commanding presence in the room, which was lacking prior to. And and that's no knock on anybody else. But it's just, like, you're looking at somebody with, what is it, 18, 19 years at that point. And, like, everyone knows what you're about, too, because you've been doing it longevity-wise for for such a long stretch of time. Um, But that for me, that was, like, obviously you you were my OG, but that was an incredibly eye-opening moment for me because I was looking around like, Wow. You're not just my OG, you're you're the OG for this whole league.
2: I mean, for me, you know, it was a lot of different emotions going on and I understand a lot of different parts, but I'm with my guys and my guys want to play. Yeah. I understand and I know it's a lot going on in here and I do understand every side and I have compassion for you because I played with you. I have compassion for you because I play with you. I understand how you feel, but my fucking guys wanna play. So that's fuck what y'all are talking about. My guys wanna play. We've been in here three fucking hours. What are we doing? Right. Simple as that. And
0: and he's alluding to uh, there. This was after the restart, or prior to the restart, I should say, um, when we were still you know trying to figure out what to do. And obviously for for us, it ended up being a good decision to to continue <laughs> you know, to
2: play. I mean, like I said, man, you, before you win the game, we we understood we had to beat the bubble. You know, and yeah. we did a great we did a great job as a unit because I was in my room like a fucking nut, but I needed these guys just as much as they needed me. Every now and then they get me out. You know, I go a little golfing, fishing. You know playing poker, just different things like that. But it we were busting really, my ass in
0: poker, unfortunately. Yeah, that was but then,
2: yeah, but then fucking going and fucking I don't know how to play. Take all that fucking money out <laughs> Fuck out of here, man. <laughs> uh, I think
0: also just to wrap up the bubble. I think I was talking to somebody, Rob uh, Pimental, who's our equipment guy. He said that you set the record for most Amazon purchases and packages. I, so you
2: had a whole setup in there.
0: Is yes, what I was what I, I was hearing.
2: Okay, so I was I, I slept on the couch. You know, I didn't, I made myself comfortable being uncomfortable. I like that. But after a week and a half. So it takes back, to win a championship. A week yeah. and a half, my old ass back was hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so I ordered a couple air crates. You Remember the air crates you get in college to put over your mat? Yes. <laughs> you might be too young for this shit. I might, I no, might be a little bit. No, I, I, I don't know. I,
1: I do know exactly. You, you right, remember the old school air crates? Okay, I so never I, had one. I just okay. want to make that so clear. So I got a
2: couple of those. <laughs> put them on on the on the uh, rollout couch. And then I put another mattress over it. And then, I, you know, you got your shelf. I got Campbell's Soup. I had a little Hennessy in the bottle. <laughs> it wasn't the bottle. It looked like it was just a little water bottle. Is that I had hot little hot Hennessy in the bottle. I had Campbell's soup and I had like, uh, like, you know, snacks and shit like that. And I literally was in a bunker. Like I, ne- I, didn't leave my room. They very, they very rarely saw me out. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to speak to nobody. I wasn't there to make no fucking friends. I seen Braun one time when I walked. He was like, "Can I talk to you?" I was like, Let me bring your ass here." We hugged and we talked. But you know, I was just, I understood what the mindset had to be walking in. I did. I, I'm, I've been to Europe. You know what I'm saying? I stayed on American Time. The nine the nine months I was in Europe, I stayed on American Time. So I actually slept during the I slept during the day and I was up at night. It's the weirdest shit ever, but in my mind I was creating an aspect of, okay, this is a pit stop. I'm not staying here. Don't even get used to their fucking time frame. Do your nine months and get the fuck up out of here. So I got a habit of just creating an environment around myself that just puts me in the mind frame of getting what the fuck I need to get done done. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That nine months in
1: France, uh, I think is really interesting because you go from undrafted mm-hmm. to less than a year over there. Yes. Now you're in the NBA all-rookie team the next year. So So what happens in that nine months that flips a switch for you?
2: Shit. Everything that I had inside of me, every doubt that I was, I had the opportunity to change that. You know what I'm saying? I have a thing that I say, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. I literally trained. I, I didn't sleep. Like I said, I was on American time for nine months for this opportunity to come back. For this one shot. I mean, it was, I was going to let none step in my, stand in my way at all. Um, you know, to keep asking. i never forget. I sat down with Keep asking the first couple of days of training camp, and I said, well, how can I make the team? You know, what I need to do, he said, you defend and rebound. He said, you defend and rebound, you'll be around here a long time. At that time, you know, everybody want to score. Everybody want to put the ball in the hole, make it look good. Keep asking to raw with you. And no, that's why I love K.A. If you defend and rebound, you'll be here for a while. Enough said. Enough said.
0: played so many different roles throughout your career you've been a starter on a championship team you've had double doubles and closeout games you've been a guy who's just gotta like you said defend and rebound you've you know come off the bench and 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 you know injected life into a rotation how has that the the opportunity to sacrifice because we talk about this a lot in terms of winning a championship it requires sacrifice but sacrifice isn't easy No, no and i think when you speak to that in our locker room it, it rings different because you've lived it and yeah. you've done it over and over again.
2: And the spoil tell you, all the guys will tell you, I wasn't always easy at sacrificing. This right. is me coming from a place where I've learned. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Through experience. Uh, that's some dark fucking night, you, thump, you know what I'm saying? When you ain't getting the minutes you want. You know what I'm saying? You lock your fucking self in your room for, for the whole day until the next game. Like, I've been there, you know what I'm saying? Trying to figure it out, you know what I'm saying? and I think at, at the end of the day, um, that's the worst thing you can do. You know what I'm saying? It's not really as much sacrificing as really just learning to enjoy other success. It's something we always talk about. Because if I'm sacrificing, that means somebody else is getting the opportunity to be successful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's how I had to start looking at it. Instead of start looking at what I was giving up, start looking at what the other teammate of mine is gaining. And then if we're winning. If it's impacting us and it's pushing us in the right direction. But that shit was hard, though. Don. That was a long time coming. you talking to an alpha. You know what I'm saying? you talking yeah. to a guy who, exactly. you know what I'm saying? If you take something from me, I'm going to get it back. And if you make it hard for me, I'm going to go harder to get it back. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't give it to me, I'll eventually try to beat you up to get it from you. You know what I'm saying? So you're talking to a guy who's never been able to, like, just settle. You know what I'm saying? That shit ain't really settling for me. If I was settled, motherfucker, I'd be dead or in jail somewhere. Like, I've never been able to settle. Now you got to settle. And now it's the right thing to do. I didn't understand it at first. You know what I'm saying? So when I speak to y'all about it, it's coming from a place where I experienced that shit. And I know it's fucking hard. But I'm telling you. At the end of the day, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. Was there a specific turning point for that? Like a moment you remember where it's like, all right, I I see what this Shane, I think in the Eastern Conference, you know, uh finals, I think, you know, Shane, you know, Badier, who was like one of my one of my closest guys because we just share such similar roles. You know, and we had this handshake that we used to do and we used to look at each other now. We used to go strengthen on them before the game. You know, it was just a hand. And really, our roles were interchangeable. Either one night I was going to be the guy or Shane was going to be the guy, depending on who we were playing, you know, how we were going to spread the floor. But I think the way we were able to just keep each other encouraged, I would have never been able to play my role and be the best version of myself without Shane encouraging me when he wasn't playing. And I think vice versa. You know, if you look at those playoff runs, right up until that, Shane played before Indiana. And then David West got mad because, you know, Shane got the best of him the series before. And David West tried to literally polarize my guy, like try to fucking kill him. You know what I'm saying? So now my numbers call. You know, now I got to go in and do my job. And I was able to do my job. We get through that series. and, And I did my job well. And now the next series comes, the finals. Who was big in that finals? Shane. Shane was huge. big in that finals against San Antonio, huge. hitting all those threes. Huge. You know what I'm saying? He was huge. So, you know what I'm saying? The fact that we was able to keep each other going, and even though he got, you know, taken out of the rotation in the Indiana series, he didn't let that affect him. You know what I'm saying? I was right behind him. You know what it is, brother. Your time will come. Be ready. You bring up, came back around. You bring up uh, the
0: Indiana series and just that rivalry with Indiana.
2: Yeah, that was that was that was a deep
0: deep, it, it deep dislike. Me, it brings me to an all-time <laughs> UD moment, which obviously I wasn't dislike. around for, but I, I I was watching and I've heard about since. But basically, you know, you being the enforcer, was a deep dislike. Uh, yeah. Just can you just talk a little bit about the uh, the Hansborough play that everybody's <laughs> so, kind of so, so
2: so. Just so you know, everybody wants to bring up the Hansborough play, but nobody know they hit me in the eye the game right. before. Nobody bring that play. I remember no. you saying that they to me before. They always want to huh. talk about me. <laughs> They didn't know I got eight stitches. The game before, took mine like a man. That's fine. I could this shit, I can take it. Now the very next game, we're home. D takes one. Hard He's one. cut. He takes a hard one. That's my guy. I'm gonna protect him, but I don't I don't know. At this point, you know, it's the game going on. Now I see the two guys give each other five. It was Hansborough and a Munson. Oh, good job. They five, like kinda like congratulating them. Now that now, now the decision is made. I'm fucking somebody up. <laughs> now it's decisions made. We call a timeout. Spo comes. I say Spo, stay out of this. This shit gonna happen. Leave it alone. And he he at that he fuck he just fucking walked away. He knew I was gonna fuck that man. Didn't up. try to fight. No, him. I mean because what are you gonna say? You gonna take me out and don't play me no more? Yeah. Fucking And then the very next play, I, I had no like idea of when it would happen. I just know in a basketball game I've been around long enough, you'll have a time to get a motherfucker back if you yeah. want to. Yeah. Oh, but it I didn't perfect. know it was going to happen the very, was happen the 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 very next play. perfect, though. I didn't know it was going to happen the very next play. Yeah. The way our defense is, the low man is the rotating man. So now it's a pick and roll on the weak side, and I'm the low man, so now I have to rotate the hands, bro. Literally, if I could play it in my mind, I thought about it. I said, fuck, should I? I was like, I might not never get a chance like this again. This is too perfect. And I had to take it. <laughs> I had to take it. I mean, at the end of the day, I got suspended. I got fined. We won. And that's another That's another thing. That's part of sacrificing for your brother, man. At the end of the day, man, I understand who D-Wade is. I'll take that fine. Yeah. He'll, I'll take that fine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's the type of motherfucker, when he get mad, he play better. He get bloody. He lick his blood like Bruce Lee. Motherfucker, get 50. I get mad, hell going to break loose. I can't play. They might have to stop the game and shut the arena down. So I already knew, let me take care of this, Dway. You need to be in the game. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I love that. That, that, is, that is sacrifice. And obviously, you know, UD and d and, uh, and Dway came in together, and that's a brotherhood that I got to see in, in D-Way's last year. That's just, it's special, um, honestly. And, uh, you know, being a, a first-year player, seeing somebody like you who was undrafted have an impact. Not only, I mean, you had your own career, which is incredible, but then hear him talk about the way you lifted him up throughout his career and how much he leaned on you and how much you were responsible for his, you know, success and and greatness was special.
2: I think, you know what I'm saying, I think, you know, it has a lot to do with, you know, the same impact that, you know, I'm able to have on you guys because what me and Dwayne did was we didn't just spend time on the basketball court in the locker room together. We spent time knowing each other's families, you know what I'm saying? We spent time getting to know each other. So, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to be a guy that you only hear me barking at your ass in practice. That's not the guy I want to be to you. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be that guy. And I don't think you'll get, I'll get the best results for me or you being that guy. I'm going to be the guy that's going to say, hey, yeah, how your family doing? I'm going to be the guy that's going to text you every now and then. I'm going to be the guy that's going to get together every now and then. I'm going to be the guy that's going to come over to my house, let's watch an MMA fight. I'm
0: that, <laughs> that guy. That was an experience. That <laughs> was, I'm wow. that guy. I was, I, that was a great time. I'm that way. guy. That you know what time. I'm
2: saying? Because I feel like being that guy at the end of the day gets better results for you as a basketball player. And I think Dwayne has helped me become a better man. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, I tell all you guys, man, I'm going to fuck. I will hope you play for the Heat as much as you can. But if you don't, have a great career. Be successful, man. And take care of your family. And that's anywhere, wherever it's at, dog. And hopefully something you learn from me can help you do that. Yeah. Can I ask about the MMA fight? What What's that story? Oh, man. Well, first of all, the MMA dudes are fucking nuts. Crazy. So we was about <laughs> <by, we laughs> 50 deep in that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying, and but he's got so he lives
0: out out of Miami, but he's got a. Uh, I'm not gonna you know expose any. any I got like a club specifics. room. I got okay. a club room. Okay, nice he,
2: little man cave.
0: Sure, but so, he's got like a compound out there. You well, know, wait, a really, club
2: room and a man cave sound like different things. Well, it's a club room slash man cave. <laughs> <It's right? both>. <laughs> <laughs> I got a nice compound out there. You got know, it. I'm away. You know, from being from Miami, I think the best thing for me was able to, when my family and friends say why you stay so far. I'm like yeah, I got your ass. Yeah, That's exactly why I stay so far. Fair. Right. fair. You know what I'm saying? So I got a nice setup out there. So Dunk came over, had an MMA fight, got a pool table, you know, a nice little setup. And then I got a couple homeboys that like to partake. I so see. I just had to make sure Dunk wasn't getting secondhand. Uh, <laughs> I see. Yeah, you know. That's very sure kind of you. Yeah, make we sure my guys see in one basket and not three. <laughs> right, right, Practice right. the next day. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was No,
0: uh, it was a good time. And honestly, that's another example, like you said, of of how, like, accountability, and I've learned this throughout my career, is so much more than just, calling something out in a specific moment it's it's developing the relationship prior to that moment yes. so that when you are called out in a moment you know it's not personal yes. you know that for example you have my best interest i've known that my entire career since yes. i put on a heat uniform that you know if you're getting on me about something it's not just cuz you want to hear yourself talk or you want to like pound your chest as a leader it's like no you're actually you care about me first and foremost as yeah. a player but you're trying to win and and that's what it's all about bottom line is is trying to win
2: I think, um, you know, I've kind of taken the approach as like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to I want the results for Duncan, the basketball player. But like, I care more about Duncan. I care about Bam. I care about Hero. I care about y'all as people. Now, I want the results for the basketball player. I want the results for the player, but I care about the person. You know what I'm saying?
1: That takes me to uh, we've told a story on this podcast about Duncan's welcome to the NBA
2: moment. Did you see that? This is the one where he tried to blocks me out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck was he thinking? You So you remember that? I think I told this. him that. I was like, Doug, this ain't what you want. I hey. know I'm old. Yeah. And I'm like the last guy on the board, but you're going to get fucked up down here. I think I remember saying that. I was like, <laughs> I get it. Like, it's like two people in front of me, but you probably want to go with them first. Don't go <laughs> to, don't come to me. Do, yes, do
1: you feel any sympathy when you're just ragdolling the new guy? Hell around? no. no. You yeah, yeah, never not. feel any Hell sympathy. No. <laughs> Hell
2: no. I'm preparing for my two minutes I might get in the next game. <laughs> yeah. Shit, they gotta be exciting two minutes like the last game I got. They gotta be exciting fucking two minutes. We gotta talk about those two yeah, minutes. Yeah, I, I gotta get ready. So yes, if Duncan comes in there, I'm gonna knock his ass down, I'm gonna go get the rebound. <laughs> and that's exactly what it was because
0: I think it was it was Hassan. On one side. <laughs> and he came to me. I'm like, Dunk, you probably want to go over there. <laughs> In hindsight, I, I would have stayed over there
2: for sure. Because yeah. at least
0: like Hassan, if I like get into his legs early or whatever, he yeah. might just kind of check out. Yeah, he was on a mission. And as soon as he saw that I chose yeah, him yeah. over Hassan, yeah. oh man, it was over. You might
1: as well have been Tyler Hansen. Yeah, he bro. got he to say,
0: you be fucked up. You're looking at the wrong one <laughs> right Yeah, he here. didn't <laughs>
1: fucked around and fucked up today. <laughs> so you referenced, you referenced the two minutes that you got. I was at that game in Miami, oh, okay. the place just absolutely exploded oh when God. you just got up to check in. Yeah, like that's not even getting to. I mean, the I real got to credit Spo.
2: It's crazy because he threw me in early. You yes, know what I'm saying? Did. He Threw me in early. I didn't Yeah, I didn't suspect that. You know what I'm saying? He kind of went with me early. You know what I'm saying? I mean, man, me Spo been through a lot, man. So our relationship is, 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 is like. Like, we can't be broken. We done been through the bottom. We have been mad at each other. We done been on the same team. We done evolved. to now, like, we just got a great relationship. It's symbiotic. We don't have to say it. We can just feel it. I can look at him and he can look at me. Um, But he looked at me and, and shit, I was ready. Did you go in there knowing, I'm going to make this presence felt? Nah, I just I play I play. I'm in practice every day with these guys. I get my shots up. You know, I play one on one with Jimmy. You know what I'm saying? So it's not when I go in a game. It's like it's not like I haven't played in a while. I know people don't see me actually out there on the court. I fucking shoot a basketball and play pretty much every right, fucking day. Right, right? Yeah. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? So when I get out there, you know what I'm saying? As long as my my body is and and you know in the right position and everything is good, I can take care of business. But the corner jumper, I shoot that shit with my eyes closed. I ain't gonna my never be able to miss that. Yeah, never that. yeah, I'm not missing that. Yeah, I'm not missing that. You know what I'm saying? And, and my rebounding, uh, just stay on your toes and keep moving. You know what I'm saying? Said,
1: we said you were on pace for like 48 points and 20 That rebounds. was the one thing about
0: getting ejected. I would
1: have yeah, loved I to
2: have seen you up. play that out. I fucked that I mean, up. I would never and take away that again, moment. I thought about it in my head. Should I let this go? If you see when I fell on the ground, I <laughs> thought for a second. I said, fuck. And I just couldn't let it go. Right. <laughs> I just couldn't. I get it. I thought about it, though. At least I thought about
0: it. Let me ask you this. If If, if it was somebody else other than the
2: person that it was, would you have been more inclined to let it go? Hell no. But that has something to do with it. (laughs) Because he throw motherfuckers down. I watch him throw somebody down every game. Literally just toss motherfuckers to the ground. That's not even a basketball play. You know what I'm saying? It's not even just throw motherfuckers down. That's not even basketball. I'm not even finna throw me down. I'll poke your fucking eye out. That was... One of the most legendary moments. It was my favorite moment in American Airlines. Bo just looked at me and shook my his boy. head. I'm like, fuck Spo, I know, man. <laughs> just fucking put me out here two minutes, man. We fuck. got we got back
0: <laughs> We got back in the locker room. I don't know if it was halftime or end of game, but you had already changed and you were already you were you were just waiting for us, happy that we won <laughs> Yeah, man. And you were just like sorry, guys. Yeah, y'all would have
2: lost, I'd be fucking pissed, bro. Like, what the fuck, man? But at the end of the day, I, I know who I am. And that's why I always tell you guys, man. Don't take no shit from nobody. Stand up for your fucking self on that court. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't even let a motherfucker get in the habit of fucking you over and pushing you down and knocking you down and just doing a little underhanded shit. Don't even let a motherfucker get in that habit. Don't even get that shit in your head. It's not going down like that. Yeah, we've had that conversation. Don't even us, let people, because I'm telling you, people remember that. They remember yeah. if they was able to punk you or push you or whatever they was able to do. They remember that. So don't even give them that. Don't even let us start that habit. We're going to start this shit today. You referenced playing
0: one-on-one with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've I've seen it since I've been here that you'll stay after practice for, you know, 30, 45 minutes, whatever it is, you'll show up early. You'll run tens with guys. You'll literally do whatever it takes to prepare whoever it is. Like if I, like multiple times you've grabbed me and said, all right, let's 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 work on, you know, slides. Let's work on this. Let's work on guarding the ball, mm-hmm. post line, whatever it is. After all you've accomplished, three-time champ, you know, your jersey's going up in the rafters in, in, in American Airlines, no doubt. What is it that still keeps you dialed into like, giving in to the team? Man,
2: I need y'all just as much as y'all need me. I think every year. You know what I'm saying? Y'all help me just as much as I help y'all. You know what I'm saying? Every year it's a new Duncan that comes in. You know what I'm saying? But the, the old Duncan is still there too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Every year there's a new hero, but the old hero is still there. So every year I'm evolving while still maintaining what I'm doing with you guys. You know what I'm saying? So it goes hand in hand. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people give me credit, but I got to give you credit. You guys credit, too. Y'all keep me going. I got to be in shape. Motherfuckers in tip top shape. I got to be in shape. I can't can't keep up if I'm not. You know what I'm saying? So you guys keep me going just the same way I keep you guys going. I got to quickly tell you a story. Before we started recording this morning, I came up to
1: Duncan's room, but you have to have a room key to get in. Uh So I got locked in the stairwell. Mm-hmm. And it flashed me back to a story when I was a kid, I got locked in a stairwell and I was terrified, mm-hmm. sort of like banging on the door, crying, screaming. Mm-hmm. And he and, and this was a direct quote from Duncan. He said, you're pretty soft, but I'm pretty <laughs> soft, too. And so it made me I, I have to know you have this exterior that you're this that, you know, the toughest guy, maybe in the league. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have a soft phase? Were you ever throwing a timber tantrum in a stairwell?
2: Well, no, 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 no. But 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 but. but. <laughs> When we won the championship, I am a man enough to admit now there wasn't champagne in my eye. I cried a little bit. Ah. My first ring, I, I went with the champagne in my eye story for like 10 years. I cried. So is this, very this first breaking ring. news? People that's close to me know the truth. Okay, We're going to call it breaking news. We'll People that's close to me news. know the truth. But, you know, it's been a huge weight off my shoulders, man. You know, so much You know challenges, you know what I'm saying? Just, just a lot of different things, you know what I'm saying? Ups and downs, you know. Family, you know, drug addiction, just so many things. It was a lot. My past has been crazy, bro. Like, if people like, I'm I'm here though. You know what I'm saying? So, that was the first time I was able to exhale and just say fuck. That you is a very saying?
1: well deserved tier. I don't think that fits you in the soft category. Well, I appreciate, at all. Yeah, I so appreciate it. I appreciate it. Especially
2: considering
0: all the all that you have been through. To yeah, get yeah. That moment. It was a,
2: it was a moment. It was a moment that was the Probably the first time I was able to just exhale in a long time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. How different was that championship from the? Later run. That was the best one. Yeah, that was the best was one. They I mean, all have different meanings, but that was the best one. You know, my impact in that one. Nobody gave me a chance in hell against Dirk. You know, once again, you know the underdog, and um, you know I had a huge impact. You know, an undrafted guy going against Dirk Nowitzki in the NBA Finals. You know what I'm saying? And you got Dwayne, and you got Shaq, you got Alonzo Mourning, and I was just as important as all those guys in that series. So you know, it was a lot. You know, a lot of emotions at that time. We still pull clips occasionally in film of
0: him guarding Dirk in that series because it's just, it's ridiculous. The activity, the physicality. I mean, he, and he's an incredible, was an oh, incredible player. ahead of But his you, big ma- you made him work for every single... He play. was a hell of a
2: player. You know, I got to thank Dirk, you know what I'm saying, for a challenge that I had never seen before. No power forward was set ball screen on the perimeter and run you off a triple floppy on the baseline. Like, right. It was just not happening. Yeah. I had not seen it before. Yeah. It was ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? And and I did have to push myself to another level to be able to even compete and guard Dirk in that series. You know what I'm saying? And did I know I could go to that another level? No. But once again, I always had the mentality. is like, fuck, lock us in the room and let's just see who come out.
0: Before we uh, wrap up, I want to talk about just kind of what you mean to the city of Miami. Uh, you, you talk about the moment of just him checking in the game and the whole place goes crazy but that's just basketball. I, I've seen your impact so much more than that um, you know last year with all the turmoil the, the social justice initiatives and, and you're amidst the pandemic you're you're out there you know feet on the ground making a difference in the community uh, you know you grew up in, in the city of Miami you live in the city of Miami you played your entire career in the city of miami. How do you continue? To just like have have your fingerprints across the community,
2: it's not easy, man. Um, first and foremost, is I never really disconnected from the community. I never had security. I never put myself in a situation where I felt like people could come up to me and talk to me and couldn't approach me. I, you always have access to me. You know, you see me, come talk to me. You got a problem? Let me see if I can help you. So I never really went the security route. You know what I'm saying? I'm my own security. I say that, I say that, <laughs> I say that to anybody that's why I'm my own security, don't play with me. I've but been I never, here, also, you yeah, got some dogs. Yeah, crazy I, yeah, too, yeah. I got a lot of shit going on. <laughs> you got some so, dogs. Yeah, I got a lot of shit going on. So fuck I fuck never with. really went the security route, man. i always been a guy who was, I just wanted to be accessible to my people. You know what I'm saying? Secondly, I understand. I do. I was there. I've been there. I've been in the inner city. I've been in, in a situation where you look outside and all you know is what you see every day. I've never been to South Beach until I got in the NBA. So I think a lot of kids only know what they see around them every day. You know what I'm saying? But there is a world outside of Liberty City. There is a world outside of Overtown. There is a world outside of Little Havana. But they never get to it. They never get to it. So, you know, for me, giving these kids the opportunity to understand that there's more going on in Miami or in the city than what you see when you walk out your house every day, sometimes that's just enough, don't Sometimes that's just enough for them to see it because they don't get a chance to see it. So I know what it's like not seeing that. I know what it's like. We didn't go to South Beach, we went to Hollow Beach. Two different beaches. Two different beaches. South Beach and Hollow Beach was two different beaches when I was growing up. So I know like, to be pigeonholed to what you see every day and that's what you think you can only be, which is not true. So I give them an opportunity to see different. James Jones, what he's doing over there in Phoenix. He's from Miami, he's from my city. So the the kids in the inner city, you look at him now. You don't have to just be a basketball player. You can be a GM. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to just be this. Look at Dwayne. You can be an owner. You know, there's so many different things going on. So just to have these kids with the opportunity to see different means they can achieve different. You know what I'm saying? Give them different dreams, different goals. Instead of just walking out every day, drugs, violence. Now you take your ass home and you do it again the next day.
0: Yeah, it's a crazy thought to think, I mean, what Liberty City's, Five six miles from South Beach, <laughs> crazy. But but growing up as a kid in that area, to get over there is like you know traveling through so much, so many levels of adversity. Never been to South Beach, bro. Um, that's that's an incredible thought. Never um, been there. But hey, man, we we uh, we just really want to thank you for taking the time. Uh, you know, you got plenty of things to do. I also want to point out scheduling for this podcast is a pain. And you were probably the easiest person to schedule with. And there are players who haven't achieved I'm not calling out anyone in particular, but there are players who haven't even scratched the surface of what you achieved in the first three years well, in the league. And I can't even get a text back. Well, and you're you know, over here, you're staying you're staying stays off, in touch. You're staying off the strip. And I say, Hey man, can you do the podcast? Hit you what? This morning? Yeah. And you pull up whatever, 10, my guy. Five hours later.
2: It makes no it, it, my guy. West so. Coast, East Coast—you already know what it is. Loyalty is, is what it is, and I'm happy you finally fucking had me. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't gonna miss this opportunity because you probably wasn't gonna book me again for another six fucking months. No, no,
0: no—we're running it back. in <laughs> I was Miami. Say, you're
2: definitely coming back.
0: We already we already decided that we're gonna do this one here, and then we're gonna run it back in Miami. We're coming to uh, the compound. Yeah, you guys got to go ooh, to a yeah, summer league game. That's the only reason we're gonna Come to the compound, yeah, to the compound. Yeah. okay? Yeah, Just yeah, keep, yeah. keep the the dogs. Uh, yeah, I got a little
2: Frenchy now. More your speed. I got a little Frenchie now. More your speed. Name Marley. Marlon, we'll hang out with Marlon. Uh, yeah, for sure.
0: That's awesome, man. Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you uh, coming on. Thank
2: you, guys, man.